0: 21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning to you, and welcome to the Education Vanguard. I'm your host, Michael Boll, and you know something? I'm in a very good mood today. I'm recording this the day after school has let out. I have eight weeks of wonderful bliss and happiness in front of me. Maybe I'll just do a lot of podcasting during that time. But maybe I'll get out and be a little bit active, in fact. And today I've got a guy named Nick Cotton. He's the executive director for Outward Bound. And they are all about being active. Experiential education. You know, what does that really mean? What is that all about? And more importantly, and after this interview, you will also ask the same question. Why are we not doing more of it in our regular classrooms? Today I talk with Nick Cotton. He's the executive director for Outward Bound in Hong Kong. Nick takes us through the activities that are part of Outward Bound The types of students that are part of the program and the long-lasting impact, probably the most important part, generated when people, as they say, truly discover what they are capable of. Enjoy the conversation. Nick Cotton, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And I just wanted to ask you a question right away. Do you basically, and we haven't even talked about what you do yet, but do you basically wake up every day and look outside and say, "What can I do that's fun today?" <laughs>
1: uh, if sitting in an office is fun, uh, yeah. I I do wake up every morning and look outside and think, "What a fantastic environment to to take people into," and and envy the my staff who, who get to go out there every day. Um, we. We live, and people don't think of Hong Kong as being like this, but we live right on the water here with views across the water to the mountains, uh, really inspiring place to, to work. Uh, it's great for groups. <clears throat> so uh, we, we are always looking at new, new activities. And this, the best thing for me is when I am sitting in the office, uh, looking out and seeing groups on the water just below me or just heading out on the boats or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's really inspiring because I know what they're going to get up to.
0: Okay, we should probably talk about what you're doing. So you work for Outward Bound in Hong Kong. And for those that are new to the idea of Outward Bound, can you explain what it is for us?
1: Sure. So Outward Bound has got a long, long history. So started by a guy called Kurt Hahn, or the philosophy came from a guy called Kurt Hahn, who was one of those people that inspired many different uh, organizations. He inspired the United World Colleges, uh, which the, of which there are several in the region and, and around the world. He inspired yeah, yeah. the round- round square schools which is you know quite a big program particularly in Asia Pacific Uh, but also the international award which people know as various things the uh, international award the NYAA in Singapore the award for young people in Hong Kong and so on the Duke of Edinburgh award is is how it started in the UK so he's quite a big kind of thinker and he was very much into experiential education and the the learning that you can get from doing and and Mm -hmm. you know reflect reflecting on that and his Philosophy came out of the Second World War, but that's all, you know, very much in the past now. But it's still very relevant for today. So what we do is we try to take young people uh, and more and more old people, actually, but we take young people out into the into the outdoors and we put them in situations that they've never been in before. And through that, we try to make help them discover what they're capable of. Now, that's, you know, it's very different to just kayaking or rock climbing those are kind of activities and there's a lot to be said for for just going out and doing those things and uh, you know getting better at those things but we're very much about the learning not about the activity so our full-time staff are very good at facilitating that so that debrief and that reflection is really mm-hmm. what we're all about um rather than it being the the kayaking as being the focus the learning is the focus and the kayaking or the rock climbing is the is the kind of the vehicle for that learning. Um, So we spend a lot of time with our staff making sure that they're as good as they can be at at that facilitation and, and extracting that learning. Because really for us, we want those young people to take that learning back into their school so that when they're faced with a challenging situation, whether it's an exam or a social conflict or whatever it is, they can kind of draw on what they've learned and what they've learned about themselves and their own abilities. They can draw on that and, and get through whatever challenges they're faced with in, in school and in their family lives and so on. If they just have a good time out here and learn a lot about themselves out here and then just slot straight back in to, to normal daily life, Without taking that learning back with them, then we 're not really doing what we we want to do, so we do that all of that in in uh, here in Hong Kong, as I say on the water we've got uh-huh. four, four catches, which are little sailing boats which are super challenging, so do it in groups of twelve. Uh-huh. Um, and those boats are open to the elements. So people are learning to sail and live together in that small boat. Uh, they're washing together, sleeping together. Uh, it's not covered. So it's it's really a, a challenge. But the learning that comes from that is huge. Uh, we do a lot of sea kayaking. So, again, we're out with the window, I'm looking out of my window now, there's islands and there's beautiful coastlines and beaches here. Uh, they go out and explore there and live out of their kayaks which obviously is a real challenge for somebody who's coming from downtown Hong Kong, where it's all sure. skyscrapers and so on. Right. Uh, and we've also we've also got a sixty-eight foot uh, ocean-going yacht, which oh. is um, yeah. So that's a that's a yeah. You
0: know, I, I have one out in my backyard here too. That's great. Oh really? I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> might be lying. Oh, but You never know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yachts in Bangkok? How does that work? Yeah,
0: yeah good point. Never mind. Uh,
1: so we do that a lot of community work on that boat. So at the moment, we've got a group. They go out for 18 days, and they're out at the moment, a group from a drug rehabilitation center. Uh uh, And and they're obviously, it's very intense working on that boat together, but it really extracts some phenomenal development for them and some great learning. Uh, um, So we've put on that boat, we've got four staff, two crew and two of our facilitators, so they're really well looked after. And then we do stuff on land as well if we want to as well.
0: I I had a question. What is it about experiential learning and just you know getting and doing the outdoors why does that have such an impact on people versus learning in the classroom why is it so different and the memories tend to be so much longer
1: absolutely well the why is one of those things it's very hard to put your finger on Mm -hmm. um but and and you know there are lots of cheesy cheesy quotes about you know um Show, show me and I'll, I'll remember and, you know, if you let me do it, I'll learn and all those kinds of things. But all the research says that if if people are actually exposed to an opportunity where they have to think and they have to perform, mm-hmm. then they are able to to then reflect on their own abilities and, and they can apply that again then in the future. And, of course, every experience is different. So if you're on a, on a boat with a group of 12 people, <clears throat> that's a very different um, dynamic to when you're in a classroom with twenty people, yeah. or when you're home with your your uh, with your family or your you know sibling conflict or whatever it is. But that's why um, that's why the, the experience is so important because somebody can say this is what's meant to happen, this is the theory behind it, or this is how you should react. But nobody really knows how they are. They do react until they're put in a situation uh, where they're forced to make a decision, or they're forced to interact, or they're forced to uh, console a you know a colleague who's upset, or whatever it is. Um, and that really is where the learning comes from.
0: Now, do people ever walk away from these experiences saying, you know, that's cool, but that wasn't for me. I don't know how much I learned. Or do you find it's almost universal that people walk away with the feeling that they improved themselves in some way and to kind of challenge that they didn't think they could do before?
1: I I sincerely wish that everybody walked away saying that was absolutely fantastic and I'm a changed person and I want to come back and and change myself some more. But of course... that doesn't always happen um, it's not for everybody. we work very hard to make sure that our courses are accessible for everybody, but of course the the medium that we use is to some extent adversity you know living in a in a small sailing catch mm-hmm. uh, is difficult and it is unusual for people um, if you're out camping you know lots of people just don't like camping they don't like um, you know Bugs or whatever crawling around the campsite, and they don't like cooking out of a, a small stove and so on. Now, when I say some people don't like it, <clears throat> everybody has the ability to do those things. There's mm. nobody who who can't do it. It's just that some people, because of their backgrounds or whatever, uh, they're not willing to engage with it, and and that's fine. You know, we can't we can't bring everybody along. But I'm talking about a very small percentage. The majority of people will go into our courses. With some degree of trepidation, they're you know not sure what to expect, and they're not sure how they're going to perform. And the vast, vast majority of them uh, leave having had a fantastic time because they've you know discovered things together with their their course mates, but also because they're now they've discovered things about themselves. Uh, and, and and it is fun, you know, it is mm-hmm. fun out kayaking in in beautiful environment. It is fun going out on the boats and so on, and and camping and that's why people some people choose to do it for recreational purposes as well so um there i mean there are some circumstances we do a lot of community work as well um and you know as i say we've got a group out at the moment on the boat who are from a drug rehabilitation center and those can be challenging courses because often the young people feel that they don't want to be there they have to be there okay Um, and that can be a different uh a different
0: Dynamic, but yeah, I wanted to fact. ask about that. So you know, often I hear outward bound when I hear about let's see, kids are in a disadvantaged situation, like maybe mm-hmm. drug rehab, like you mentioned. Do you think it works better for that group in particular, and if so, why?
1: You know, there's there's no you can't make blanket statements about it works better for this group okay. or that group because everybody brings their own. Um, their own different background to the courses and their own personalities and experiences, and that has a real impact on the outcomes that they get from it. Mm-hmm. However, these 18-day courses that we run with our community groups, and we run 18-day courses for you know, a variety of different groups, so that's uh, the drug rehab groups, we've worked with um, abused women, we've worked with uh, uh, offenders who are in a halfway house coming back into society and so on. And those 18-day courses are some of the most powerful because, <clears throat> well, we know that for two reasons. One is uh, we we actually measure the outcome. So we have a system which is validated by uh, an academic in the U.S. who, who a little bit like um, Hattie's effect size uh, kind of analysis, okay, uh, where we can say, well, when they came in, they were here. And when they leave, they were here. And we can actually quantify that change for certain outcomes. So we mm. know you know, on paper. And that's, you know, the next stage for us is to work out why that is. Why are some courses or some uh, activities more powerful than others? Um, But we know that we do make a difference. But really, it's the anecdotal evidence. It's the, the, the young man who's 21 and has been in trouble with the police and at, at the course closing, where we have a ceremony when they leave and they, they go back into society, you know, they're, they're in tears saying, this has meant so much to me and I, I've discovered so much and, uh, you know, I've got a real bond with my friends and so on. And to me, that's the real power. You can put a number on things and it looks good on paper, but it's the it's the human impact that's really important. So
0: I'm wondering so, about uh, the instructors themselves. So what kind of person or, uh, does an organization like Outward Bound, maybe specifically you guys, hire that can go out for 18 days and work with maybe a group of people that don't want to be with him or her at that time. Sure. How how do you find those people? And what's wrong wrong with those people? How do they do this? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: I often ask myself the same question. (laughs) So these guys are phenomenal. And I've got a huge, huge, huge amount of respect for them. Um, They... They don't just do that. They don't just give up their own life for 18 days and go out and, and invest every hour for 18 days with a group of people that they don't know, but they do it in a, the most professional way you can imagine. Okay. You know, and, they really and of
0: course, they do it for the money, right? Say again? They do it for the big money they get, right?
1: Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say that we pay them big money. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go on. I'm sorry. They, they genuinely do it because they love it, and that's fantastic. Um, and, and they're very good at it as a result because they really do care about what they're you know, what they're doing. They're, they're definitely not doing it for the money. They're really doing it because of the power of what they do. And, and in many cases, they're doing it for their own learning because they learn so much about uh, people and, and, you know, the process and, and their own abilities as well. So what kind of people? They're young people. They're people that we employ full time because we like to make sure that we know their background and we know their training so that, you know, we, we've got a handle on who we're putting out in our, with our groups. Um Freelance staff are often very qualified, but you don't know how invested they are in an organisation and, and you know sure, yeah, fulfilling yeah. its. Um, and they they are our biggest asset. I mean, our, the the environment is a huge asset of ours, but it's not ours. But the staff very much are, are ours, and they are outward bound. And they're people who who live together. You know, they all live on base here, and they oh. talk about talk about. Um, courses they've been on, experiences they've had, ways to improve. uh, And we're extremely lucky to have them.
0: Nick, I was wondering if you could give us a specific story I don't know, perhaps a single or a group of students uh, that comes to mind when you think about a successful uh, trip or event that you had. Sure. Um,
1: You know, there's – and Hong Kong is a small place. And I've only been in this job for less than a year. And it just blows me away the number of people that I speak to in all walks of life, whether it's teachers in schools, whether it's um, CEOs of companies that we're working with, whether it's you know people in government that we're trying to find support from who say, oh, Outward Bound. I did Outward Bound when I was 16. I love it. You know, I'd love to go back. And they talk about the experience they had. And mm-hmm. you, know, you take these people who are in these very senior positions and they almost regress back into into those memories. So it shows the power of what we do. I think there are two things, though, that really um, I can mention. One is uh, a group, we have a jetty here, and a group was working on the jetty. We do a jetty jump where the young people jump off the jetty and they challenge themselves to, to jump the, you know, from the highest point. And this guy, guy swam over from a nearby property, and the instructor could see this guy swimming over, and he was getting closer and closer, and eventually hauled himself out uh, of the water onto the jetty in his speedos, uh, which was a, you know, a group of young people and this guy standing there. And the instructor went over and said, can I help you? And this middle-aged man said, no, no, I don't think you can help me. But I, when I was 16, I was on a course, on an outward bound course, he said, and I was a little bit overweight. I was unfit. I wasn't very active. And he said, and you have a climbing wall. We have an artificial climbing wall here. And he said, and I could not get to the top of that climbing wall. And he said, for 20 years, that's been bugging me. And now I've changed my life. I'm fit. I'm active. That's why I'm out swimming now. And he said, please, can I go back and conquer that climbing wall? Really? And, yeah. And to me, that was a real kind of embodiment of of what Outward Bound can do for somebody. It, It provides them with this kind of motivation and incentive. Now, I don't claim that Outward Bound experience made this guy active and fit and you know want want to swim mm-hmm. uh, but but it certainly was a you know clearly is something that was instrumental in in his life i think the other thing that i would mention is we have a fantastic group of people here who raise money through the hong kong stock exchange to fund something called pedal power courses uh, and they raise over a million dollars a year hong kong dollars which go um it goes to fund what we call band three schools. So that's the kind of the poorest schools, the least funded schools. Okay, uh, and and they select students who don't have leadership opportunities. So they're not prefects or mo- you know, monitors in the lunch hall or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the local schools. Uh, and we put 350 students through the out- Outward Bound experience. And every year, we invite some of those graduates from the Pedal Power courses to come and speak to the, the people who raise the funds. And this year, the, the young people arrived at the venue, and it took this young man a long time to get out of the taxi. And the, the lady who, who heads up the, the fundraising panel said, why, why we, did you struggle to get out of the taxi? He said, I've never been in a taxi before, and I didn't oh, wow. know how to open <laughs> the <laughs> door. In, in Hong Kong, yeah. exactly. So we're taking people from that background, and we're giving them the opportunity to go out for for five days, you know, on the on the sea, and and really, they're never going to learn about their own abilities if they're not given that opportunity. So uh, we've now got a, a first cohort of those pedal power graduates. She's actually gone to university, which is phenomenal. So uh, there's there's more evidence of the power of what we do, and I'm not claiming that outward bound helped her go to work. It's not the reason she's at university, but it's certainly it might be part of that journey. All
0: right. So we're getting towards the end of our time. And I have a, a final question for you. It, 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 it's pretty obvious, I think, to a lot of us that experiential education, like you've just talked about, is powerful and has such a long-lasting impact. Do you think we're going to see it be more common in uh, typical schools rather than having to always outsource this sort of thing to something like Outward Bound? Yeah.
1: You know... That's an interesting question. And I think yes is the answer. You know, in Hong Kong here, there are more and more kind of uh, what they call forest schools or um, experiential kindergartens um, where they take kids out into into the outdoors as the classroom as, Mm -hmm. as a standard practice. So that is already growing. And I think that that has to shift you know, up as those students leave kindergarten into primary school, the primary schools need to to work with those kids in, in that environment. So I think it's inevitable that that will happen. Uh, and I think that's a very positive thing. And, of course, experiential learning is not just outward bound. It's not going out in a kayak. Experiential learning is doing a, you know, starting a business project with your, your classmates. That's experiential learning. Um, uh, the, the key thing for us is... is that reflection and debrief and taking the learning out of it otherwise it's just a school project and um, so it's it's being able to take those those key points and then you know change them or reapply them in, in the next time they're, they're required to use them so I think it's inevitable and I think it's a good thing uh, it's a good thing for young people I think we do probably need to start looking at how we uh how we structure education and that's Mm. that's another whole whole another podcast in itself (laughs) (laughs) so we won't go down there
0: (laughs) no kidding absolutely all right well I've been speaking with Nick Cotton he's the executive director for Outward Bound in Hong Kong thanks so much for your time today Nick
1: great it's been lovely to talk to you
0: this interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International find us on the web at 21clradio.com